0: Welcome to the Annie monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill.
1: And I'm Kayla Hemphill.
0: On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thanks for joining us. Hello, hello. Today, we have for the second time, it's been a while, a special guest in the studio today. Please welcome Josh Sheehy. Hey. We've known uh, Josh for quite some time. He was, uh, of course, most importantly, one of the original Annie Monday founders. That's right. I think it was kind of your concept in the first place. Was it really? Yeah, it seems right.
2: Man, that sounds like something I would do. (laughs) I I wouldn't put it past me.
0: Uh, But otherwise, Josh and I kind of uh, do some music stuff together through Dot Dot Darkness, Mm -hmm. and he does some of his own through Skewfield. That's right. And uh, we're glad to have him on the show.
1: Yeah, we're glad you came.
0: It is
2: good to be here.
0: <laughs> uh, especially because today we're talking about a great anime series. Yes. And uh, sorry, I've already been spoiling it on Twitter and <laughs> and Facebook and everywhere that we kind of already <laughs> like this show. So Last week we hit the random button on Crunchyroll and the show that appeared is called Cells at Work. Cells at Work began as a manga series in 2015 and is still ongoing. There were several spin off manga series, such as Bacteria at Work in 2017, Cells That Don't Work in 2017, <laughs> Cells at Work Code Black in 2018, and Cells at Work Friend in 2019. Finally, there was the anime series that we watched in 2018 that was produced by David Production, and it ran for 13 episodes with a second season now confirmed and in progress.
1: Whoop, whoop. <laughs>
0: We watched the first four episodes of the first season, and uh, we'll try to avoid any kind of major stuff, but it's uh, pretty episode-to-episode in this one. Kayla, would you like to talk about the plot?
1: Absolutely. Among the 37 trillion cells in your body, one little red blood cell is working hard for you. Her life is filled with nutrient deliveries, avoiding deadly bacterial attacks, and making new friends. She's happy to do it, though, because working is what cells do.
0: So, all of us have seen most or all of this show.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, We will kind of try to stick to the the first four episodes in uh, the kind of plot and characters that we we saw in those episodes. But for the most part, this is a very character-driven show because the rest of the show is biology, (laughs) which is kind of an unusual thing that we haven't really encountered on Annie Monday before even in not specifically biology, but like an educational sort of show.
1: Yeah, this is definitely different in terms of tone for the show, that there's a lot of surprisingly accurate information that is going on in the show.
0: I think this show, though, really excels at how well it does at portraying those educational factors None of this, even even when they're just monologuing about like what a particular cell does in the body, it doesn't feel out of place, and it it still fits really well with the characterizations of those parts of the body.
1: Yeah, it feels secondary to what's going on in the show itself.
0: The first episode, we talk about the pneumococcus, and uh, it's basically like the introduction to the idea of bacteria or like the bad guys in this show. And there are the cells who are just trying to get their job done. And then there are cells who defend the rest of the cells by violently slaughtering the bacteria that invade this body. (laughs) Uh, From there, the second episode is about a scrape wound that the human body endures. And uh, all of the bacteria that invade at that moment, and then how the body heals itself in that process... Uh, And then we talk about influenza, which I'm sure everyone is familiar with.
1: Especially this time of year.
0: And then uh, the fourth episode is about food poisoning. uh, But specifically, it's about like eating raw fish and (laughs) ingesting a parasite and stuff like that. So (laughs) it's a real fun episode. Uh,
1: Something I love about this show is that this is actually a slice of life show. for these cells, Um, which is funny because you are usually very opposed to slice-of-life shows, and yet something about this show and this formatting really works.
0: Yeah, I guess I tend to find that there there just has to be some sort of hook that works really well. In the case of Nishi Joe, it's that it's not actually normal in any way, and in this case, it's because it's you know, personified cells in the body. Uh, there just has to be something weird about it, I guess. So I, I guess let's jump in there and, and talk about some of the characters that we experience in this show.
1: Yeah, so the main, I, I would say of the main two characters, the first one uh, that we'll talk about is the red blood cell.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's worth noting, like anytime we talk about a singular character, we're actually talking about Probably a whole lot of characters because there's obviously a whole lot of red blood cells that we see in this show. (laughs) It just kind of focuses on one particular one. And so we refer to her as the red blood cell.
1: She does actually have a very small identification number. Right. Yeah, I
2: did not bother to learn those numbers at all. No. (laughs)
1: Hers is AE3803.
2: (laughs) Right. I'm really happy for her for that.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I am glad that like, and, and I'll probably talk about this later, this show isn't, it's kind of like presenting itself as an office place kind of slice of life because that's actually a pretty common anime is where it's about people like just having normal jobs and and, and having like coworkers and that sort of stuff. And this show, despite her having like an ID sort of number, they never, like, refer to her by that.
2: Yeah, I think the only time they ever refer to the numbers is when the white blood cells are talking, like, on their walkie-talkies. Is that what they are? They have yeah. walkie-talkies. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was trying to remember if they had anything fancier than a walkie-talkie, but I'm pretty sure that's all it is. <laughs>
1: uh, I love her character because um, she is our quintessential ahoge character. Mm-hmm. Um But the thing I love about her is that while she does kind of play that, like, clueless, maybe, like, dumb role, like, she often gets lost, she goes, you know, against the natural flow of the body, um, she has a lot of redeeming moments. She's not just, like, dumb for the sake of being dumb and then they throw her away, that's not the whole of her character, it's a part of who she is, but... There's so much more to her per- personality. She's really caring, and, and she is really hardworking. And I think that's something that endears me to her, is that while she is kind of the driving force of the show that a lot of information gets passed through her um, to us because she doesn't know something, is I don't feel like they're trying to make her be us.
2: Yeah, and I actually like uh the kind of joke they make out of it her being a red blood cell who's directionally challenged, which is really like her main flaw. It's not that she's necessarily like dumb like you were saying. It's just that she doesn't know how to get around the body, <laughs> which turns out to be a great plot device for learning about everything in the body.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it I think that is an interesting direction because obviously her her only role in this show as like a job function is that she carries stuff from one place to another and traveling the entire length of the body. We, we kind of learn all of those different routes and hijinks ensue at various places in the body.
1: Uh, I think the important counterpart to her is the neutrophil and he is very interesting himself.
0: Yeah. The white blood cell kind of shows up right off the bat when the red blood cell encounters a bacteria that has invaded the body and it wants to kill everything and spread itself throughout the body and the white blood cell is obviously tasked with destroying that invader and he kind of comes across as the like a little bit emotionless kind of strong guy sort of vibe but he ends up encountering the red blood cell repeatedly throughout the show.
1: Yeah, and I really love their dynamic because he brings out the red blood cell's bravery. Like, she ends up putting herself in situations that she doesn't need to be involved in because that's not her job function. But she brings out this kind of kindness and nurturing in him. Like, he does go out of his way sometimes to care for her and to, like, make sure that she's okay.
2: Yeah, like, the first interaction they have together, uh, it's at the very beginning of the show. She's just explaining... It's basically explaining that red blood cells deliver things, and then this germ pops out, and then uh, the white blood cell first lines, die, germ, (laughs) very bloody, (laughs) kills the germ, and then they're just kind of standing there, and she's like, oh, like, thanks for saving me. And he's like, it's just my job. And then there's, like, this comedic pause, and he's like, oh... Actually, yeah, no, no, I'm. You're welcome. Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It's as if this is the first person who's actually like thanked him for doing what he is born and bred to do. I guess so. Uh, they they do end up having really fun interactions together, uh, and they're really sweet. And it it's kind of what drives the show is this enduring relationship between uh, the red blood cell and the white blood cell, and all the other cells that they meet along the way. <laughs>
1: And there's a lot of them. So I don't know how much in-depth each of you want to go with them, but we'll just kind of go through them. Uh, So one of the cells they encounter are the killer T-cells.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Killer T-cells being another form of white blood cell. And uh, all of these characters wear like black... Um, I guess almost suits like dress shirts and pants almost, but then they've got a cap on that just says "kill"
2: <laughs> on it,
1: and they're all super buff.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, the the white blood cells all of, or the neutrophils at least all appear to have knives to kill germs. The uh, the the killer T cells just punch things. <laughs> they just have muscles to punch things, and that's how they take care of business.
0: We also similarly encounter the naive T-cell, which kind of fills a similar function uh, and hangs out and trains with the killer T-cells. But he appears as like a teenage kid who's like really afraid to, to do anything. And then when the moment kicks in, he transforms into the super buff character and multiplies and then is able to just destroy everything in his path.
1: I thought it was interesting that when we first encounter him, he actually is carrying a knife, mm-hmm. which is not like the other killer T cells. So it just shows like his displacement in his role. And when he gets activated, he uh he really embraces his inner killer T cell.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that plot line is one of my favorite in the entire show. I I watched that episode over and over. <laughs> I also really want a hat that just says naive across it. Yeah. <laughs> of, of all the mer- This is a very merchable show, and of all the merch that I could get out of this, a naive cap would be great.
0: Uh, in these early episodes, we briefly meet the macrophage.
1: These are probably my favorite white cells um, because they're, like, my favorite kind of trope, which is she uh, appears in these super frilly, like kind of beigey white dresses she has like this long you know braided hair but she like carries this huge hatchet that she just tears through germs with and she's always like smiling and there's these cute little sparkles around her and it's hysterical it makes it i cannot stop laughing
0: yeah, it's it's essentially like a Buster sword,
2: pretty much. <laughs> yeah, they call it, They definitely call it a hatchet in the show, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, "There's gotta be. There's gotta be a better word for this than this. <laughs> <Yes>. it's massive."
0: <laughs> I like uh, the macrophage. Also, seems to like work out of a church yeah, or something. The, the yeah. yeah, the spleen. Yeah, the spleen is, is a church. A, it's a
2: pristine, clean <laughs> yeah, right. church. Yeah, there's nothing better than that for the spleen. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and and we'll talk later about like the violence in the show being especially funny. Um but the macrophage like goes out of her way to avoid getting uh blood spattered on her or anything,
1: which is in direct contrast to the neutrophil who is all white in nature, like his hair's white, skin's white, all his clothing is white, and when he destroys a germ, he gets covered in It's red, but in theory, it can't be blood. Well, okay,
0: we'll get into that. That's a little
1: unclear. (laughs) But he get he is no longer white, whereas she Mm. she pretty much stays pristine. Some of the other uh, cells that we encounter are the uh, helper T cells. Uh, We only get a little bit of. Well, I guess it's him. I don't know if there's other ones, but we get like a few little glimpses of the helper T cell.
0: Yeah, he kind of acts as like a commander. Um, He kind of overviews things that are going on throughout the body and alerts the different white cells and helps them with valuable information.
1: Also, if you've gotten the chance to see Colin's like anime character, this helper T-cell pretty much looks like that. It is. It is Colin to a T.
0: Yeah, I guess I found my new cosplay, (laughs) (laughs) which is I don't have to do anything. Yeah. (laughs) Similarly, we also have the Memory T-Cell, who, like, carries around scrapbooks, and uh, we saw this one in particular, it was decorated with hearts, and it looked like a Valentine's Day card almost. (laughs) And basically, his whole job is to look at the Memory scrapbook and go, oh yeah, I remember how to fight these things. (laughs) And the the best part about this character is he doesn't actually participate at all, he just kind of writes down what he's seen before. And then as soon as he says the thing that he remembers, he flexes, and he shows off, and all the other T-cells are like, yeah, go memory cell, you're the best, we love you! Uh, A few more that I'll burn through pretty quickly. We've got the B-cell, which produces antibodies, and he carries around a big cannon uh, that he produces antibodies and shoots them. Uh, we've got the dendritic cell, which is like, he's kind of like a communication mechanism that coordinates between the different cells. Uh, he lives in a tree and takes phone calls. It's pretty fun. Uh, we briefly meet the isinophil, and we've gone back and forth on the pronunciation of that. We're not biologists. (laughs) Which is essentially a a really rare type of white cell, and it is uh, specifically suited for fighting off parasites.
1: Mm -hmm. And allergens.
0: Yeah, so we see this character kind of struggling with like the most basic kinds of bacteria, but when this huge worm shows up in the body, she just destroys it with like a pitchfork.
1: It's amazing.
0: I would like to briefly talk about one of my favorite characters. I know which one this is. The basophil. <laughs> yes. Who is uh, kind of the Batman character, just like brooding and depressing. It's interesting, they talk about in the show how, like, we don't actually fully understand everything that this cell does. So they make him kind of a mysterious character who talks in weird, like, poetry and is just kind of odd. Uh, So he says things like, His tremendous will has led the sorrowful warrior to sacrifice himself, to seal away the corruption of the world. It is time to let the bloody Requiem ring out. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: and doesn't contribute
2: anything, by oh, yeah. the way. Doesn't help. No. E- even in show, like most of the cells have no idea what he's talking about, and they're just. Like, mm. But he uh, he carries around an umbrella with him, which I think is great. Um, which we only ever see him hanging around, like the stomach. So it could just be for stomach acid, but also he shows up when there's allergen stuff going on. So it could be the histamine. That, he, that he's using that for, but I really like his umbrella. <laughs> yeah.
1: We have to talk about the most important character. Characters.
2: Characters. Yeah, this is like one of the
0: rare ones where the entire group matters way more than one individual of the group.
1: And that's the platelets.
0: They're so cute.
1: They're the best.
0: So platelets, practically like, what they do is help form blood clots and they end up Saving the day in episode two because there is a skin abrasion that lets in a bunch of bacteria, and they're able to cover the wounds and form a clot. But all platelets are depicted as little kids.
1: Yeah, when everybody else is depicted as being older, these are just these small, cute little kids in these cute little rain boot things. They're so cute.
2: (laughs) Wearing these shirts that are too big for them. (laughs) Yep. And hats. The hats are really mm-hmm. good on the them hats. Too. They,
0: they the have
1: messenger bag.
0: <laughs> they have this just great aesthetic uniform that they wear, and music that accompanies them. And they, the way they're depicted, is just the cutest way you can depict anime kids. Because, like I said, they they have a huge role in the second episode and basically save the entire body uh, when nobody else was able to win against these bacteria. And these little kids just do their march, carrying uh, carrying their equipment with them and save the day.
1: Yeah, what I love about the platelets is that while they are depicted as being really childish, they're not helpless. Is They have their role and they work just as hard as everyone else. It's just that they're like smaller and cuter than everyone.
0: And they have a real hard time going downstairs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I really love that scene. They play it off like, so there's, there's a whole bunch of platelets carrying a big old box of something, and there's just stairs in front of them, and they have to stop everybody, and they're like, look out, we we gotta be careful up ahead, and then they, like, zoom in on one of the, like, the lead platelets' legs as she's, like, sidestepping down these stairs, and then it pans out, and she, like, breathes heavily, and then the stairs are like, it wasn't hard at all. It was just like...
1: it's like four steps. Yeah.
2: <laughs> But then all the platelets follow suit, and they're all super excited when they get all the way down the stairs, even though it wasn't really a big deal.
0: And the best part is, like, all the other characters in the show acknowledge this the same way that the viewer does. So when the red blood cell and even the white blood cell, who's usually pretty, you know, straight-faced and not really reactive to things, they both look at the platelets and go... Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> and the whole time they're like cheering on the platelets to help them, you know, get down the staircase mm-hmm. and things like that when they have simple tasks to do.
2: Yeah, it's it's great. Like the same way that you would just pause and, and be like, look, Look at these platelet characters—they're so cute. Everyone in the show just stops. They're like they could be hunting down a germ. They're like we got to get to the lungs, or this disease is gonna or like you know this pathogen's gonna spread throughout the body, and then they're just like, oh platelets, oh no, they're in trouble. Oh, they're so cute. Look at them fall down. Like, oh man.
1: I think we've all collectively decided that our kids are going to be dressed as platelets Absolutely. for for Halloween. Yeah,
0: yeah, good good family cosplaying right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, now that we've talked about stories and characters, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about production.
1: Let's start off our production conversation about uh, the animation, the character's design, and the music.
0: I guess uh, to start off on character designs, the very first thing that you see in the show is pretty much a bacteria. And if you didn't know any better, you might think you were watching a Dragon Ball or something. (laughs) Uh, It comes across as very shonen, like this looks like a villain from... You know, one of Frieza's minions, mm-hmm. basically. And I'm sure we'll it'll come up at some point. The production studio for this also does JoJo. And a lot of characters kind of sh- share similarities with that as well.
1: Yeah, when it comes to the difference between the cells in the body and the foreign bacteria, is that they really try to make it clear that these germs are definitely foreign to the body they don't look like any of the other characters because the cells in the body look like people different kinds of people different shapes and and that sort of thing but all still very much people whereas when the germs come in they kind of range from all different type of monstrous forms
0: yeah i think even more than like the fact that the quote-unquote good cells in the body look like people is they all have uniforms you can tell a cell and its role specifically by the clothes that it's wearing. I would also say in, in terms of the bacteria designs, sometimes they do try to mimic their like real-world appearance, uh, at least to a certain degree, because, you know, cells and bacteria, <laughs> some of them have kind of a look to them, but otherwise they're kind of blobs.
1: Uh, something I started noticing as we were going through the episodes again was that it seemed like... The more complicated the germ, the more details there were to the, the the germ in the show. So if the germ in the real world is kind of like a simple-celled kind of organism, that's how they would appear. They'd, they'd almost be kind of like your RPG slime sort of thing. Um, and the more advanced they are and the more deadly they are, the more they actually started to look more humanoid in nature
0: yeah especially when you get to like the parasite that they they meet later on like that's that's a nematode that you can actually see with the naked eye uh and so when it appears in the body it's not only huge but it's way more detailed and way scarier looking than anything else you've seen
1: yeah colin and i were looking up photos of don't do that (laughs) agreed don't do that (laughs)
0: also never eat fish i guess
1: yeah
2: (laughs) no
0: (laughs) it's funny you'll like occasionally on the news see see a story about like some person in east asia who ate so much sushi like every single day of their lives that was the only thing they ever ate and they'll get something like this but i don't think it's actually that like common like a normal person wouldn't typically get this from eating fish
1: as long as they're discerning about where they get that fish from <laughs>
0: right but this is a very unfortunate body
1: yes. but it does make me wonder you know with the exposure to those germs like i mean that has to kind of be that common It something about this show is that the white blood cells the cells in the body actually are pretty successful in fending these things off and it just kind of made me think, like, is this body that unfortunate or is this, like, the normal thing? Like, like I get scrapes and bruises. Like, that just happens. And, yeah, there's going to be, like, like some amount of germs that are going to come in. And I likely won't actually get sick from them because I'm a generally healthy person.
2: Yeah, the one thing is they do get type A influenza, though. And I don't know right. how common that is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you, yeah. No, no. <laughs> But also, that's really weird because it's just like, that's kind of how the episode goes. Like, they don't really resolve type A (laughs) influenza at all. They're just like, yeah, and then we got type A influenza and and that's how it went.
1: I think it was used more for like the educational (laughs) aspect.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I was really fond of, of the type A influenza showing up and like... They're like, oh, it must be type A flu, in type A influenza, and then they like zoom in on its like head, and it's just got like a little A there, and they're like, yep, that's what
0: it is. <laughs> and then it grows a huge beefy arm <laughs> and turns into a monster. <laughs> yeah.
1: Something that I really enjoy about the characters themselves is that there are so many different like, kinds of cells, but even when we're looking at the red blood cell and and the neutrophil, like, there are millions of these cells, and so you'll see shots where our main, main character red blood cell is amongst a lot of other red blood cells, and they did a really good job of, like, adding little details to each of them so that they do look individual. They aren't, copies of each other even if they're wearing the same uniform so you can tell what the cell's job is by their uniform not that they're just copy and paste sort of characters yeah
2: i do want to talk about one of my favorite character design things here which is the neutrophils receptor <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <So>
1: the
2: neutra- <laughs> the neutrophils all wear hats and attached to these hats are receptors that tell them when pathogens or anything nasty is nearby. And it's just a stick with a circle on the end. <laughs> and when it's nearby, it makes this kind of dinging noise, like a cell phone or something like like a text message notification. It's like a
0: bad m- uh, metal detector or yeah, something. Yeah, and,
2: and then it just flips straight up. So normally it's on the back of the hat and it's just like hanging straight down and then it just flips straight up. So like really... Really great, just all running around with these, like, kind of popsicle sticks with, <laughs> with, uh, with like a target on top of them. Uh, and then they just pull out their knives and stab everything.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a funny contrast with this character because, as we've said, it's such a stoic character. And this thing pops up and starts beeping. And it's kind of like what you would consider a cute feature of the character. And then they immediately rampage, like, where's
2: the enemy? <laughs> Yeah. I also like that the first time you see the receptor pop up and they explain it, Red Blood Cell is immediately like, is that really the best design for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, the only other note I had on character design is that we see like a kind of generic cell that wears like a plain white shirt and it just says cell on the front. And we we kind of don't get a whole lot of interaction with those. And then we get the red blood cells, which are kind of the most other common component in the show. And both of those kind of generic cells uh, have both male and female versions, uh, and they kind of look like anything. A A choice that they made in the show is that every other role is also gendered. I don't know if there's anything necessarily to say about that, aside from like... White blood cells come in different forms, like we talked about the macrophage versus the killer T cells, or something. Um, So I don't know if it's just like a distinction thing where they're trying to make everything really obvious what the role is.
1: Yeah, it seems like when you start branching out into some of these lesser seen characters, like maybe they, maybe you'll see them in like a few every few episodes or something like that. They want to make it really clear that oh, that's a macrophage, and oh, that's a killer T-cell, You know, so that you can tell by the uniform and the design of the character, even if there's those little detail differences, that this is their role, and this is the thing that they're about to do.
0: Right, so if you had a a male macrophage, you couldn't reuse the same costume, necessarily. Mm -hmm. And so you'd have to introduce two character designs for the same role, which would make it confusing to keep track of those.
1: One of my other favorite things that's done in this show is the different ways that they personify different parts of the body. So, not only are these characters like personified cells, is that the actual like organs and just the world itself has been built to resemble our world. So, instead of there being like the ventricles or something like that, you know, you see like tunnels and walkways and my favorite thing that they do is that they add real life functionality for things that happen in the body. So there's different like tunnels that the red blood cell can, you know, use in order to get to different parts of the body. But then she'll end up going the wrong direction and there'll be like a gate that like pops up and is like, whoa, 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 you can't like enter this way. Blood flow doesn't go in this direction.
0: And an attendant will yell at them.
1: Yeah, and I love that they add those real, like, that's a real thing that happens in your body that it would be very detrimental if, like, your blood flow was to change in that direction. And I love that they have these, like, little details in the show to personify those things. And it's it's just that sort of, like educational thing again of like hey there's all these like aspects and they don't always address them they'll just kind of say this like one line of you know hey like you can't go that direction that's the way to you know like to to this artery that you can't go down or something like that and um i i love that those little those little details uh, a character thing that they do with the neutrophil that i also love is that as part of being a white blood cell is that um White blood cells have an easier time, like moving through different, I guess, through different like walls in the body. And I was a little unclear exactly right. what that was, but that's personified as he is able to like get through like narrow alleyways, or he can like travel through like air ducts I, in a building. I
0: mean, he basically is Sam Fisher at that point. He just <laughs> climbs through air vents and like jumps into corners, and yeah.
1: But I love that that's based off of like a real aspect of his type of white blood cell.
0: And he'll use that against his his enemies too. <laughs> ha ha, you didn't do your research.
1: <laughs> and they yeah. do actually say that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like how uh, also with the the migrating cell, it like gets more ridiculous every time they use it. So like the first <laughs> yeah. time it's like, yeah, he pops out of an air dock and you're like, oh, huh, that's interesting. And then the second time he like pops through like, a six inch gap between two walls in an alleyway, and his like boot gets stuck and he has to go get it back. And he's just like, how did you do that? And he's just like, migrating cell. Yeah.
0: We had also briefly mentioned uh the gore in this show, uh, which in terms of animation uh is pretty funny in the way that they're using it. Um I kind of it's kind of similar to like Magical Girl Ore, where the violence was over the top for this kind of purpose. And you had said, like, how the character, especially the, the neutrophil, is completely white. And so when he destroys something, he's completely covered in blood. Um, but additionally, like, when they kill a bacteria, its eyes go, like, crosses, like, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what that originates from. I guess cartoons. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they have these big blocky X's right. over their eyes. It's hysterical.
0: So they, they do little touches like that throughout to keep everything really lighthearted and energetic and fun. Um, despite the fact that like this show is about disease and injury and things like that. And so I, I think they do a good job of managing, utilizing the animation to enhance that kind of mood and to keep it fun and light. Um, but maintain the educational kind of purposes.
2: Yeah, there's a really interesting line they walk between stabbing everything and blood just squirting everywhere and also it being like really hilarious when they do that. And it's hard hard to find animation that can do both of those things at the same time. Like usually if you're going to have this much blood in an anime, it's usually not going to be for comedy, Um, (laughs) but they make it work. And it's actually, it is funny.
1: I'm still curious if it's actually blood <laughs> they, they
2: call it blood in at least in the subs like it is it shows up like because uh, red blood cell gets like a little on the back of her hand or something and they straight up are like oh you've got blood on yourself <laughs>
0: whole can of worms
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it works great as a gag because it's another one of those things where where they're like, okay, yes, there's biology going on in the show, but we're like, this is not edutainment or anything like that. This is still, it's still an anime and like, yeah, the cells are going to bleed because we can. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have four words for you
0: all. Kill hat screen wipe.
2: Yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and yeah, they do that early on too. Uh, the transitions for this show are, are beautiful. They do they do at least one for the for the neutrophil hats as well. Um, those the kill hats and the neutrophil hats uh, transitions happen pretty close to each other. Um, I don't know if I noticed any others that were as good as that, but those two are really really good.
0: We've talked before uh, when it comes to anime music about how one common thing that we see is that rather than licensing some sort of popular music uh, for the show, they will basically hire out the voice actors for the show and compose some original work based on this particular anime. Uh, This one is no exception. The introduction is basically a song about... How, like, we're so happy to be working in your body and helping you out. And it's sung by mainly the red and the white blood cells.
1: If you ever get the chance to listen to the English dub of it, it's super adorable. And it actually, like, makes me feel good. It makes me feel like they're singing to me and telling me how much they love me. And I think it's adorable.
0: Yeah, I think I I usually kind of hammer on this because it's, it's... Usually, they're just not good songs, and I think that's the biggest problem is not even that, like, I mean, in this case, the White Blood Cell cannot sing very well. (laughs) It's not great, but that makes it all the more enduring when you know that character because it's so out of his, his, like, personality to even start singing that the fact that it kind of sounds uncomfortable makes it really fit with the character. Uh, and I think it's actually a really fun song. And they managed to, to do something pretty pretty cool for the intro.
1: Yeah, the way that each of the characters sing, or it's very indicative of their character. Like, even the neutrophil, when he's singing, he's kind of yelling. Like, he's kind of yelling at, at you. But it's like him saying, like, I'm working for you and I'm taking care of your body. And, um, and it fits in the song so well that uh, I think it's more about, like the characterization of that rather than like, we're singing a song that has nothing to do with our show, but we're singing it and that's how it ties into the show. Right. It's also very catchy and I sing it a lot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She does. It is a very catchy song. (laughs) So I didn't have time to... I, I wanted to look through and listen to all the different music they had for each of the characters. And I didn't really have time to do that. But the one that I did go back and listen to is the platelet theme, which is you know very appropriately adorable it's kind of like toy instruments playing carnival music is what comes to mind it's very playful and very cheerful and happy which is um a complete contrast to what's usually (laughs) going on in in the show and so it really stands out compared to a lot of the other music which all blends really well with the show and uh is overall really high quality um addition to the show
0: yeah i don't i don't know that anything kind of stood out in the rest of the characters um it's probably a fine line especially focusing on the platelets was probably a great idea to really enhance the music there i'm thinking like if every scene with a killer t-cell was like metal (laughs) and they just came onto the scene and there were squealing guitars and like heavy drums it would have been funny once, right. but yeah. they show up so frequently that I don't know that it would have worked. And so they, they seem to kind of stick with the same themes generally for the rest of the show.
1: And the overall world theme is really good. If you just like sit and listen to it, it's, it's this kind of driving... It, it does make me think of, like, industrial work. It just makes me think of, like, some 1950s, like, commercial about the future and how great the industry, like, is going to be in the future. That's what it makes me think of. It's this very, like, light and bouncy kind of music, and it really sets the tone for the world because most of the world, as you're looking at it, is, like, it's very bright and it's, like, very clean and... Like everyone is pretty happy, and the music really reflects that in a way that still has the same kind of tone, which is everybody's working. And I think that overworld music that you hear pretty much at the beginning of every episode, you can hear the the world music uh, come in, and I think it's really great for the tone of the show.
0: Cool. As we start to wrap up our discussions. I'd like to toss it over to Josh and see if you would like to talk about uh, some of your general thoughts for the show and whether you had any overall likes and dislikes.
2: Yeah, um, so having an anime that's about cells in a human body and the cells themselves kind of look like people is a pretty u- unique idea, but it's been done before. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> um, so I'm sure... Many of you who are listening probably know about the animated movie Osmosis Jones. (laughs) Uh, It came out when I was, I think, in my early teens. I didn't look up the year for it because I'm lazy. But (laughs) I do remember Osmosis Jones, and I remember distinctly not liking it. (laughs) Not really hating it or anything. It had a lot of good actors and actresses doing voice work for it, and also had live action in it, which I'll get to in a moment. But um, just... Doesn't really, didn't really reach the potential of what anthropomorphic cell, human body cell animation could be. When I first heard about cells at work, that's. Of course the first thing i thought of was like man i really didn't like osmosis jones this better be better and fortunately within like the first five seconds of watching this i was like oh this is incredible and then i was just waiting for live action to creep in it and bill murray to show up in my least favorite <laughs> role for him ever and ruin everything and it doesn't happen like i'm sorry for the spoilers but that doesn't happen it's all animated it's great um and uh, overall like i usually don't Watch. I'm usually not really interested in learning about biology or anything kind of vaguely medical related, but this show handles it in a in a way that kind of divorces it from a like keeps it away from a medical context and it's not all also from like a really stingy kind of we're learning about biology right now kind of sense. And so you end up learning things, and since a lot of them are visual gags or like audio gags, like they stick with you, so I probably learned more about biology watching the show just in a general sense. By watching a few episodes of this than I would have picked up otherwise, so that's going pretty good for it. As far as like dislikes, there's not a whole lot, but they do a lot of exposition throughout the show, and they'll bring up a a still of whoever's, whatever germ they're introducing, or cell that they're introducing, and they'll talk a little about that. And for the most part, they do a really good job of not killing the pacing on it. But in episode two, Scrape Wound, there is a (laughs) lot of exposition. There's like four germs they introduce pretty close to each other, and there's other things that they stop for. And that was... Uh, now I'm used to it. I've I've watched the first four episodes several times now, and because I kept introducing friends to it, um, and now I'm used to it, and I'm I'm not I don't care as much. But the first time I watched it, I was just like, is this episode ever going to stop telling me things about it and just do them? Because um, there are occasions where they'll they'll put text on the screen, since I'm watching subs. They'll put text on the screen, and it'll just go away. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I, if I really wanted to learn what that is, I'll pause it, and I'll go read it. But when they actually do the full stop, like tell you about this character, the text is all on the screen, and they read out all the text on the screen. And it just... it can It can sometimes kill the mood. And I was worried that it was going to do it more. But fortunately... They seem to have a pretty good hold on that and they don't throw too much at you at any given time.
0: Yes, especially as you're introducing fewer distinct characters episode to episode. So I think that over time does get better.
1: It seems like the reason why they do some of the exposition is to help you understand the characters better, like their roles in the body help explain, like, some of their personality, and so while I I agree, like, there is an educational aspect to it, is because the show isn't trying to be educational, is it ends up being kind of used as a character device, so I find myself wanting to know, like, what it's saying in the screen so that I can understand that character better, and yeah, as, as, as you guys were saying, as we get introduced to fewer new characters and we and we just revisit the the same characters is that doesn't happen as often and (laughs) and so the pacing you know gets kind of back on track
2: yeah and I I don't want to like harp on this as like a really bad thing about the show because they really do handle it well it just kind of peaks really early on in the show which makes sense but also like if you were sitting there not sure if you were going to go to episode three and they were just going to keep doing this it might just feel a little off Um, but in, in general, yeah, that, that leads me to, to one of my other thoughts about the show, which is that they, they do a really good job of picking when to be accurate and when to be (laughs) an anime. And that's, that's a really hard thing to do, especially if your whole show is going to be about cell biology.
0: Yeah. As I, as I kind of researched, like a little bit of info about this show, I had kind of seen... Twitter ramblings and various people talking about how accurate this show actually is. Uh, I've yet to find, like, real kind of peer-reviewed sort of stuff or anything really scientific. Most of this shows up in, like, anime websites, and they talk to a scientist or a biologist or a researcher of some kind. Uh, But generally, like, this stuff is pretty accurate from what I can tell. Uh, to the point that like biology teachers uh, in a few places have actually assigned this as homework to their students. <laughs> but I think it, it's kind of like what Kayla was saying, that the way that they choose to characterize those those little minute details about uh, a particular cell or a particular function of the body is really fascinating. Uh, and it helps you to kind of think of those functions in a different way. And it does that by being a funny anime. And I think that balance is really, really charming in this show,
2: yeah. I think uh, especially for kind of the depth that it goes to on trying to be accurate, um balanced with the amount of violence and stuff in this, if i was if I was a biology teacher in like high school, I would totally do whatever I could to just be like, i would I would play this in class as you know, assuming <laughs> the school would let me. Um, and if I couldn't play it in class, then I would just tell kids to go watch it, because I do think it's, it's good at what it does. Um, it's, it's certainly good enough to get students curious about these kinds of things and think of it as interesting and entertaining rather than, I mean, I took biology in high school and <laughs> slept most of the time. Um, so if I had had this, I mean, I don't think I would have become a biologist, but I would have been a lot more interested
1: yeah, I I think something that I, I kind of get reminded of when I would like have to watch like the magic school bus. And this is kind of on the opposite end of the educational spectrum is that the magic school bus was designed to educate you about a thing. And those students are used as a means to like you're also those students and you're on this adventure too. And they're separate from the things that are happening. They're observing the things that are happening. And these characters are living this out. We're watching their day-to-day experience. And it's so immersive in that way. And I think that's what really works about this show is that it's not trying to shove something down your throat. Just saying like, hey, come join, come join these cells in their lives and look, look how hard they're working. And something that I really love is each of these characters is that I care about this red cell, like blood cell. I care about her. And it's funny because she she will point out even in the first episode how she is one of this huge crowd and yet Like she is so distinct in my mind, you know, and and I can remember each of these characters and I can remember like what their actual job functions are is because they do such a good job of not only teaching me about the job functions, but making that secondary and making that so much a part of their personalities and making each of their personalities so distinct and and just enjoyable to experience that I find myself caring about, you know, a ETH three (laughs) eight zero three red blood cell because because she's like she's special in this regard and and i think this show just does a really good job of making these characters really lovable
2: yeah i think the first time watching this show and now that i've watched it several times i think one of the strongest things this this show has going for it is if you don't know anything about biology really sell biology which i didn't then there are plot reveals every episode (laughs) and so like i don't know what dendritic cells do at all so it's amazing when i get to see a plot reveal related to that and it turns out to be hilarious um if you did know about biology for cells then that probably wouldn't surprise you at all and you just be able to focus on the gags that they're doing for everything and just be like, oh, yeah, that, that is how that works. Oh, this is a good way to show that. So, yeah, it, it kind of sets it up. It sets itself up for the best of both worlds for people who already know about the content that's going on and people who don't know anything about the content. And I think that's really nice.
1: I think that's hard to do. When you see shows that are educational, it's usually towards the people who don't know what it is. And so it's kind of talking down to those people. But the show doesn't do that. It doesn't talk down to you as it's revealing this information.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, when a show can simultaneously impress the people who are experts in that field, and also like, do an excellent job of of introducing concepts to people who don't know those things. I think that's a pretty admirable job.
1: And you can tell that they really took care to understand what the different job functions were and to think about like, how can we explain this in a way that's not only like, as accurate as we can get it, but also like amusing and works. And I think they do a really good job of balancing that.
0: Uh, There were two kind of quick things I wanted to touch on for general thoughts. Uh, One is... I had briefly mentioned earlier, like, there are a lot of kind of workplace animes. Uh, I think of something like Shirobako as an example. Um, And a lot of those kind of kind of have the feel of like, oh, just another day back at the grind. (laughs) Uh, And it's very like, you know, this is something we have to do and we don't always enjoy it, but we're here and we're going to make the best of it. And this is very much not that. These are people who are thrilled to be doing what they're doing. Uh, And it doesn't really feel like a job as much as they say it is, uh, because they constantly, like you said, the white blood cell, well, I'm just doing my job. I mean, thank you, I guess, or you're welcome. (laughs) But the amount of care that the characters put into their function in the body is, is really fun and enduring. And I think, like you said, Kayla, it makes you care about that one red blood cell. Even though there are 30 something trillion other ones, she thinks that her job is so important that she's not going to just be like, well, I mean, the body will still be fine if I don't make my delivery today. I did just get attacked by a germ after all and almost died. Um, But she's still so concerned about getting her route and figuring it out. And I think that kind of sets this apart from those kinds of anime and the the typical workplace kind of thing you would see. The uh, other thing I wanted to talk about is we had kind of alluded to how weird this world is and how if you kind of think too hard about it, like the world starts to break down. And obviously that's not the point of this show. Josh mentioned before we started recording about this really pedantic review he he read <laughs> that was like, well, that wouldn't happen if this cell did this. And that's completely missing the point, obviously. <laughs> Um, but it's like at the very start of the show, they say there are 37.2 trillion cells and they're all working together to make this happen. But the scale of the show is so weird because you don't ever see 37 trillion things. You see the size of a city and maybe not even like a huge city, just a city. And the red blood cell, despite there being 37 trillion people around her, Uh, And living in this place is able to get from one end of the world to the opposite end of the world within a, you know, a day's travel or whatever. And likewise, the fact that these creatures have blood would (laughs) indicate that maybe there's a world within them as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So (laughs) it's, it's all ridiculous. Yeah. and I think that kind of adds to both the aesthetic and the tone that the show is trying to to fit into. And I think that makes for a really interesting case for all of the offshoots of this show and the manga that they've done so far. Because this is just one world, and this world is very different than another world in a different body. Which is why they've done things like the... Sells at work, black, which is about an unhealthy body. It's about like a smoker and somebody who drinks too much. And while that can kind of turn into the grim dark version of this show, I think it's really interesting that they could expand into a completely different world than the one that we've seen so far. With all this, these characters who are like happy and enjoying their lives and their jobs, and you could create a totally different world with the exact same concept. So I think that's pretty cool in the the way that they've done world building for this show.
1: Alright, so with all of this being said, Josh, would you watch more of this show?
2: Yes, I have.
1: <laughs> would you watch it again?
2: I have. Several <laughs> times. Yes, I love this show. There's a couple episodes later on with titles like Hemorrhagic Shock that i have not watched yet because and that's also happens to be like the finale episode towards the it's towards the end of the season and yeah i want to um and i probably will but it's also still about biology stuff <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know if i want to learn about Rajik shock at all <laughs> but yes as far as the quality of the anime and what i've watched so far absolutely i show this to everyone i know
1: <laughs> colin would you watch more of this show
0: Likewise, uh, as we've mentioned, we have completed the show before and we were happy to watch these four episodes again. Uh, I think especially like you said, um, I'd flip around to a few of the episodes that I really enjoyed and and would definitely watch those again. I desperately want to see the allergy episode again (laughs) because it has one of my favorite characters and kind of the way that they play with that character's role in the body. So yeah, I, I love this show and I would definitely watch it more.
1: Yeah, I'm um, I'm also on the same boat. Um, I, I really got into this show like really quickly, and uh, they recently announced that there is going to be a season two. Um, they haven't announced uh, when it will be, but that a season two is on the way it's and in I, production now. Yeah, and I am ready. Yeah,
2: I was behind on that news, so I'm very excited <laughs> yeah. that there's going to be another Josh. season. Yeah,
1: woo!
0: <laughs> also, Aniplex! <laughs> Aniplex, yeah. come on! Yeah,
1: the Aniplex does the English dub, but you can only get it if you buy their very expensive DVDs.
0: Yeah, have fun paying $150 for 12 episodes.
1: But they have the intro song dubbed for free on YouTube, so yeah. at least watch that.
0: yeah. Some of us still like to buy physical copies.
1: All right. Well, I think, sadly, this closes us out for this week. Um, if you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us questions and comments to podcast at Annamonday.moe. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our username is anamondaycast, and you can find links for that on our website.
0: Thanks so much to Crunchyroll for all of the anime that you provide, and for the random button which produces these wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. If you want to follow along with us each week, you can find a link to the current title on our website and social media, so that you can watch what we're watching. Finally, thanks to C2A for providing the intro and outro music for our show that come from the Senpai EPs available on Bandcamp and other major streaming services.
1: And also, thanks for Josh for coming in, doing this episode. This was so
2: much fun. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad y'all chose me for this
1: one. It was also really exciting because you actually got to come in to the studio to do it. Yeah, this is our
0: first three-way studio conversation. (laughs) Live and together. (laughs) Ready to roll? I'm ready. Random button in three, two, one. All right. The anime for this week is called DNA Squared.
1: And the first episode is called The Girl from the Future, Karen.
0: <laughs> Karen. Karen. Always Karen.
1: Uh I'm seeing something that says Mega Playboy.
0: <laughs> I don't know what a Mega Playboy is.
2: Your overpopulation is a serious problem. It all stems from the mega playboy who <laughs> his playboy DNA onto his one hundred children, oh and who who in turn <laughs> had one hundred children each.
1: <laughs> I might have to come back. And Josh is going to be a new <laughs> regular this on the this show. This
2: looks
0: incredible. <laughs> the original mega playboy. Wow, this looks incredible.
1: Oh
2: boy, hold on. Junta has a problem. He's deathly allergic to girls. All of this changes with the arrival of Karen, a gorgeous time traveler who transforms him into the mega playboy, the, <laughs> so- the sauciest girl magnet around.
1: Wait, is he still allergic even though he's a playboy? <laughs> it's
2: just, it's just the Crunchyroll like blurb.
0: Oh man.
1: Oh man. This All right. is
0: something. All right, I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for joining us. And again, thanks to Josh for being here as our second guest on the
2: show.
1: Also, you're welcome to come back anytime, Josh.
2: Anytime. Yeah, just, just let me know. I'll be here.
1: <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 had helper t-cells i don't know if you actually wanted to talk about him i had
0: helper and memory t cells. i like talking about helper because yeah. he looks like you and that's
1: yeah. what i think is funny <laughs> that's colin. my only comment it looks like colin
2: <laughs> my only comment is always eating or just finished eating yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: it's just like colin <laughs> mm-hmm. it's got the glasses and everything this is my whole life
0: i hope you know this is going to be the blooper reel yeah
1: <laughs> i'm aware